Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beyond Grit with me, Robert Young. So I was thinking of a catchy phrase for the beginning of the episodes, but I couldn't really figure it out of what I wanted to use. You know, my my grit fam, grit team, gritters, they all sounded kind of lame, but if you have any suggestions, hit me up. I'd love to hear them. At some time, maybe I'm just not as witty as I think I am. Do you ever notice how easy it is for us to say, I can't do something, and this is why? It's so easy to say. It's such an easy excuse. It feels like we're actually validating our excuses for why I can't do something. You know, is it because we're scared, we're not confident we feel like a fraud which you know a lot of times those emotions are true that's what we do feel we are scared we feel like why do people really even care what we have to tell them or what we can do you do you you feel like a fraud sometimes and those are all natural feelings but they're all feelings and all of them can be overcome uh if we really start to say i can and this is how I'm going to do it, we could change the entire trajectory of our life. We can start to plant the seeds of achievement in our heads. We start to get excited and we start to look forward to the journey and we start to prepare and we start to take that first step. And that very first step is always the hardest, but then the second step is easier and easier and easier and easier. So don't fall victim to those excuses. It's just, it's not worth it. And life is so short that you do not want to sit back 30 years from now and regret you didn't do what you wanted to do. So there you go. My guest this week is Monica Smith, and she took over her mom's business, The Raven's Nest, about 10 years ago. She tried really hard to talk herself out of taking over the business. She used every excuse in the book, but eventually she decided to give it a go. You know, has it been easy? No, but nothing worthwhile in life is ever easy. If everything was easy, it wouldn't be special. It would be boring. Everybody would do it. So she was a great guest with a great story. You can find her products at over 1,800 retailers nationwide. Um, You can find them online at ravensoriginal.com. This was a business that was started by her mom in her house, starting to sew, starting to create crafts, selling it to people. And it just grew and grew and grew. And back in the day when they were doing this, they grew by going to market and they grew by word of mouth. And it's exciting and it was a great journey And so sit back, get a cup of coffee, whatever you want to drink. I suggest some good water and enjoy the show. And I'll see you next week. Hey, Monica, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Hey, thanks for taking the time out to sit down and have a little chat with me about your life. 
Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it. And um, happy International Women's Day. So yeah. March 8th, which we are recording this, is the International Women's Day. And it's a global day celebrating social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. So very big um, because you, business owner, my wife, she's the, the boss of the family here. So um, my hat's off. My hat's off to you guys and to your mom 30 plus years ago. I mean, this is, this is going to be a really cool story. So absolutely. Yeah. So how's your week going so far? It's good. It's good. It's um, it's a little slower time of the year for me, which is kind of nice so that I can kind of take a breath after the busy season. So we're a very seasonal business, but um, I'm loving it. It's spring here in the Carolinas, which other people are probably dealing with snow, but we're enjoying a little spring-like weather. So I'm loving that. It is beautiful. I thought it was going to rain. Yeah, I know it it's coming, but I thought I thought it would be here by now. Yeah, it's coming tomorrow. I've had to rearrange my day tomorrow to pick up pallets of jam. So mm. can't do that because the rain's coming. So it's going to be something we've got to pull together today. But I love the sunshine. It's, it's, it's definitely so nice. gorgeous here right now. I love the seasons here. So you own um, Raven's Nest. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Well, what's exciting that we're talking today is it is International Women's Day and my mother, Raven, is the one who started it. So I always have to give her credit. It's her namesake. And she began this this journey, I guess, over 40 years ago, actually, in a little town called Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And for anyone who knows about the documentary, there's a really cool documentary about that city. Um, so cool. Do you know about so Muscle cool. Shoals? Yes. Yes, I okay. do. I grew up there. I actually went to school with Rodney Hall. His dad created and started Hall of Fame and had a little, you know, the result. I didn't know about it when we lived there. So yeah. it's, it's a really cool little town and it's quite well known now, but it was just a small town that we moved to. And um, my mother started her little business, was got, got involved in crafts and creating things and loved to sew and paint and it all started with literally a piece of fabric and she created a baby line and was selling bibs and products to the local Sears and JC Penney's in Florence and Muscle Shoals, the Tri-Cities area. So her little craft business just evolved into different things and she kind of kept reinventing herself doing woodworking, painting, baskets. It just evolved into a lot of different things and eventually ended up with the gourmet side of the the business and um, and that's where it's landed and where it is now but it really started with her just being very entrepreneurial on a day when there were when women didn't even work for that matter hardly yeah um, much less call themselves an entrepreneur but my mother was really ahead of her time and was always very creative and just always creating and moving on to the next thing and over the years 40 years later it led to Actually, 10 years after she started, it led to her creating her mulling spice, which was the first gourmet product that she created. That's kind of really landed on uh -huh. the gourmet side of things. And how was your how was your dad? He was in banking. He was in the military prior to that. So before I was 11, we had moved to probably 10 different states. Okay. When we landed and ended up in Alabama, it was um, 
the first place where we stayed for a while. So he was working and my mom was doing her craft business and the recession hit in 1980 and she was making her, you know, selling this baby line. I was selling baby bibs for literally 10 cents a bib and she had me working and I was always working and making things. My sisters and I always were. We were always, you know, the assembly line, working, sanding, painting, sewing, whatever it was that she had us doing. But that business ended up turning into or her, really her hobby, her craft turned into a business when my dad decided that, hey, this, this is a viable business and let's take it to another level. And it became um, their business. They worked together. He quit the bank and oh, started really? working together. Yeah. We had a, a shed or a little building in the backyard. And when she got into the woodworking, which was the next thing, he did all the woodworking cutting. We did all the sanding and base coating and painting. And my mother did all the detail hand painting. But she's actually an artist. She can sew, paint, create floor arrangements. There's, I, I don't think there's anything she hasn't done, to be honest. She's done quite a bit. So he came that, in and got involved too. Your parents were ahead of their time back then. That's probably one in a million where yeah. the husband back in that time would have left his job and pursued something that the wife was good at, like being able to recognize that and say, right. you're, you're the one and we're going to follow your journey. And yeah, I never thought I mean, about it that way. You're right. That's I, quite unusual. I mean, I, I came in, um, when we moved to Charlotte, we moved to Charlotte and everybody will ask. And I was like, so did you move here for your job? I was like, no, we moved here for my wife's job. And this was only 11 years ago. And everybody was like taken aback, like, oh. And then it was the whole, whoa, does your wife let you do this? Does she give you an <laughs> allowance? Does she do? So, I mean, when they were ahead of their time, they were ahead of their time. And yeah, yeah. Awesome. And my mother, it's funny, she gets a little, not resentful, but she gives a, you know, she tells us, you know, this was supposed to be just my fun, my craft. And, but your dad turned it into work, you know, she wanted to just do it on the side and he just saw the potential and it, it went from there and they ended up doing it together. So yeah, it was a joint effort and we were the worker bees. We didn't have a normal childhood by any means. Everyone loved to come to our house because my mom was fun and crafty and they just thought it was really cool to come over and make things and do things and her products were literally in the stores, in the local stores. And so it was like craft time at our house, but it was a yeah. legitimate business. So yeah, everyone liked to come to my house. I didn't like it, but um, <laughs> looking back, it, it's, you know, it's, it's what got me where I am today. My parents were very hardworking and um, they created a wonderful little business that supported them, you know, all the years, you know, until I ended up stepping in. So, yeah. So yeah. You grew up in Alabama when you finally settled down. You're in Alabama. Right. And um, how many siblings do you have? There's three of us. I'm the oldest okay. of the three. Yeah. It's, uh, I always share with people, Raven's Nest. Literally, the nickname is, the name of the business is Raven's Nest. When my dad met my mom, he nicknamed her Raven because of her black hair. She's half Filipino. And the nest literally represented our home, which is where the business was up until 13 years ago. 
and mm-hmm. the three eggs in the nest and the logo are actually the three girls. So there's a story to the logo and to the name. It's, it all comes from you know our life. It was it was our life. It was in our home. Are you the the oldest? I am. I am. Okay. Of course, I am. That's <laughs> that's that's why I'm the one that ended yeah. up stepping in to take over the business. I think it goes with the firstborn. There's something about that. But yeah. Other siblings, they are they still there in, no, in they're Alabama? No, they're all here. Well, there's one okay. here. One of my sisters, the youngest, moved to Charlotte uh, years ago and was in Waxhaw, and she's out here as well. And then my middle sister um, is still in Birmingham, which is we ultimately left Muscle Shoals when I graduated from high school, and then we moved to Birmingham. And from Birmingham, we they stayed there. My parents stayed there, and my, my mother still lives there. Okay. So Birmingham, I consider home. Muscle Shoals is really my childhood home. Okay. All right. And you've been here in the Charlotte area for over 20 years. Yes. Going on almost 23, which is the longest. It's, it's funny. We moved my entire life. My sisters, we were all born in different states and we moved quite a bit, but we've been very lucky to come here and stay. And all of my children have grown up in the Charlotte area in Whitehall. So Yeah. How many kids do you have? I also have three. Three? Yeah, two boys and a, a daughter. My oldest is my daughter, and then two youngest is 18, and the oldest is 20, almost 26. The okay. two of them are actually actively working. My middle son just started a new job. He's actually in the real world working this third week, so that's exciting. All right. Um, but yeah, one left at home, so we'll soon be empty nesters. When you were, um, you were, a stay-at-home mom, when did you end up kind of taking over the business? Or have you always been involved in the business leading up to the time that you stepped in and took over the business? Yeah, I wish I could say that I was, but it, it's actually a very unconventional way of coming into the business. I was not part of the business at all and on the wholesale side on the the day-to-day operations. My parents ran the business out of the basement of our home in Birmingham and they were shipping to stores all over the U.S. and mostly in the Southeast, but they were shipping pretty much everywhere and the business was doing very, very well. But um, they decided they came to a place where they wanted to retire and they attempted to sell it and we really didn't think they would do it. We, we were all going, oh, they're not going to sell the business. They wouldn't do that. But they actually went to follow through with it and things kind of fell apart. So my parents came to us and, you know, I live here in Charlotte. I'm eight, seven, eight hours away. And my middle sister lives in Birmingham and is involved in the day to day and or was. And so I thought she's the likely one to take over. And um, when they offered it to her and asked us about it, she decided not to take over the business. And I was shocked because she had a senior in high school. He was about to graduate. And I thought, you're about to have no children at home. So, mm-hmm. and you've got a basement, so you can just move it right under, you know, into your house from one basement to the next. And so that did not end up happening. And my dad also was, had been dealing with cancer. He'd had cancer years before and he had beat it. And then he was, he got sick again. So I knew they were at a place in life where it was time for them to finally retire, you know, yeah. and have a yeah. break um, from running the business. And so my sister did not uh, did not want to do it, decided not to. And I just, I kept looking at it going, there's no way. I live in Charlotte. I'm seven hours away. I've, 
I'm not involved in the day to day. I have three small kids, a five year old, a nine year old, and a 12 year old. I mean, I've been a stay at home mom. I went to college, but I stayed home the entire time to be with them while my husband pursued his career. And so it just ended up being that I, I ended up stepping up and saying, okay, I'll take over the business and, and we'll just do this thing. And then the reality of that kind of hit me. And then I backed up and said, okay, that I, I can't do this. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's impossible. There's no way logistically, just everything in me was like, this, this can't work. And I literally just started praying that God would like shut the doors and make it crystal clear. Of course, my parents were devastated because I had committed and then I, I decided to pull back. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just knew it was going to just be too much and destroy our lives. It'd just be so much because I watched how hard they worked and um, I just thought the odds are against me. So long story short, I ended up, I just prayed that the doors would shut and instead they sort of miraculously opened. And I just said, yes, I kind of stepped out of the boat and just did it. Yeah. And 14 years later, here I am. And and I will say, it's funny, you look back on why things don't come together the way you think they should. You know, obviously my sister, I look back and it's like, why didn't she step up and do it? She ended up finding out six months later, after I took over the business, that she was going to have a baby at 40 and oh be starting completely over. And then my dad took a turn for the worst. He ended up passing away in 2009. So it was really just meant to be that I did step in when I did. Otherwise, the business would have, they would have lost it, to be honest. And it would have been dissolved if anyone else had taken over. You can't take over a family business. You don't make millions. People don't go around buying small businesses like my parents. So it it really just was meant to be. I feel like it was the right thing to do. and, And I just, I really did it to carry on their legacy, to be honest. I gave up my childhood for that business. And I just looked back and thought, all the years of their hard work, everything that they had done and created. And I just couldn't see it not continue, to be honest. And I just felt this, this, this desire to just kind of honor my parents and do it. And, yeah. and I just jumped in, I just jumped, you know, stepped out of the boat and did it. It's probably, you know, it's that change of mindset of you're talking yourself out of it. Like, how can I yeah. talk myself out of this? I can't do this. And this is why. Then you finally shifted and was like, well, I can do this and this is how. And once you hit that, you know, I, I don't think it would have happened if there wasn't an emotional attachment to that. Absolutely. You'd have been like, nope, we good. I'm yeah, good. no, in my mind, it, it made no sense. There was no logical reason because I'm very blessed that my husband has a good job and mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't have to work. And I say that not to brag, but just to share that it is a labor of love for me. It's a passion to, you know, if it were about money and I'm very lucky that I can make decisions that aren't based on money, that aren't, you know, I'm not forced to do certain things. I don't have to work with people I don't want to work with. You know, it's, it's wonderful that it's, it's, it's something I can continue to carry on, but it's, uh, you know, it's, I make those decisions of who I want to work with and warm relationships and partnerships and and it's great but to your point it, it is it's a labor of love it wasn't a logical decision in any way but um, more of a passion just to carry on their legacy so you moved when you took over the business did you move all the operations from alabama to the charlotte area 
Not initially. It's, it's interesting. I'm not afraid to ask, uh, ask for things. I, my grandmother taught me at a very young age, um, you know, the worst people can say is no. So mm-hmm. I literally, those doors that I was saying I was praying were closed, um, they ended up opening because I met a gentleman here in Charlotte who owns several businesses. I kind of went to one of the shops that were local to this area and, and knocked on the door and said, hey, I'm looking at taking over family business. I need a warehouse. I need all these things. And just started reaching out. And this person reached out to me and he had a business down in Florence, South Carolina. And he, you know, through several conversations, just out of the blue, didn't even know him. I did. I mean, I knew nothing about him. It's funny when I look back and we ended up having a conversation and he said, I can, I can do all your shipping. I can store it, warehouse it. I can do that for you. I've got all this extra space. And he ended up doing that down in Florence, South Carolina. Um, so I would drive three to four days a week from here to Charlotte, all the way down to um, from Charlotte area to Florence after I dropped the kids off at preschool. And I would go down there and get back before they would be picked up at one and kind of oversee it initially. So that's yeah. where I moved it initially. Okay. Um, and that was the door that opened because I didn't have a building. I didn't have uh, a fulfillment center. Those didn't really exist back then. Yeah. Um, we don't have basements here either. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's no basement. That was one of my biggest things. I don't have a basement. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that door opened and it worked out that we had a great uh, partnership for about a year and then a warehouse development opened up just down the road and it was great. So close to the elementary school and the middle school where my kids were. So I ended up shifting and moving it all here and took over all of the day-to-day at that point, probably a year and a half into it. So Okay. How was balancing that and raising, you know, young kids? You know, my youngest tells me he raised himself and he did. I'll be honest. When he was five, that's when I took over the business. My husband, had kind of told me, you know, you're the youngest is going to school. So, you know, you can get a job. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, Getting a job and owning and running a business is two very different things. So mm-hmm. it's funny because you mentioned this and I picked up on it when you mentioned my dad was the one who I never thought about it, that he was the one who really catapulted and got my mother to move from her craft to creating a business. Mm-hmm. And it's so ironic how life mimics and mirrors itself. I did end up taking over the business at my husband's pushing. He was the one who sort of pushed me and said, you need to do this, you know, because on paper it looked good, but I knew personally the toll it takes and I knew what it would be like doing it. Especially I'm a perfectionist. I'm, I never turn off my brain. I knew it would be a lot for me, but he pushed me to do it. So all these years later, he was really the reason that I ended up going back and saying, okay, I can, I'll do this. Mm -hmm. I did push it just like my dad took my mother to the next level. So I think that's interesting. I never really thought about it that way, but, um, but yeah, so we, we moved it here and I took over and it was hard because my youngest, I did take over because my husband said, you need to, you know, it's good to get a job and we can work on paying for college. And so I taking over the business was that job. It just turned into, um, full-time 20, actually 24 seven business for me. Yeah. And it was tough. He raised my youngest sort of raised himself. He'd get off the bus alone and I'd come running in the door right as he got to the door. He just had to walk up the street, which, you know, was a short cul-de-sac. So 
it was just yeah. a few feet away, but he, you know, he's pretty independent. He's, he's my most independent child. Um, he's turned out okay. So it was hard, yeah. but we managed to, we managed to get through it. Get so through it. yeah, I- they, they didn't learn a lot of the things Like my mother never taught us to cook. She never taught us to do all that kind of home, you know, stay at home mom. I was a stay at home mom, but I was a mom that left the house every day with my kids. You know, okay. I wasn't ever that stay at home mom. So we were always going on adventures. And I feel like my son, um, I taught my kids, you know, how to be a working mom. And I think that's okay. They learned that their mom can run a, a business and drive a forklift and go to market and sell products and win awards for our products. I mean, they, they've learned what it likes to be a mom that works. And um, I think that's yeah. a good thing. I think that is a great thing. 100%. How many employees do you have right now? Is it just you? That's, um, I am the only full-time employee. And in 14 years, you know, that's probably the biggest challenge I've had is staffing and finding a team because we are so seasonal. My parents, I always say my dad ran the day-to-day operations of the business. My mother was the creative one. She went to all the markets and they had one lady that did all of the packing. So it took three people full-time. I've never had one full-time employee except for during COVID. I had one person for just over a year and that was it. So in 14 years, I've never had a partner, a full-time employee speak of other than that one year. So I've really had to do it on my own with a lot of part-timers. And that's been the biggest challenge is finding people to work when we are so seasonal. Mm-hmm. Had My parents ran it out of their home, so they didn't have overhead. They could just have a fourth quarter company and it was okay because it was in their house. Yeah. Um, I had to pay for a warehouse and have you know, a building and, and have shipping and all of the things that come along with owning a product-driven company and manufacturing side of things and sourcing. And it, it was a totally different animal doing that um, and having to have it outside of the home. And it grew to the point where it had to be out of the home anyway. But yeah. um, that was the biggest challenge and still is, is finding people that can go with the flow of it being just slammed in Q4 but in this time of year, it's very slow. It slows down quite a bit. Now, COVID was another, um, just a... Yeah, how'd you guys maneuver through that? Yeah, that was pretty amazing story. We we had the biggest year we've ever had during in 2020 during COVID on the retail side. So I've got an online, I've got a website that people can go to, but we, but our primary business is selling to mom and pops all over the country. Um, we are national now, we're in stores all over the US, over 1800, and there are mom and pops, wineries, boutiques, we're not in big box. And I, I will never do that. We are not in big box. We are just true to having relationships with small business. And and that's that's who we sell. So during right before the stay at home, the shelter in place hit, I just pulled the trigger on some ads. I really didn't know I was, you know, I just did it. I didn't plan it. It just happened and kind of released it when everyone else was sort of pulling back and it went viral. And all of a sudden we went from five to 10 retail orders a week to a hundred a day. And I'm telling you, it was, it was to say it was a bloodbath of damages for one thing because we didn't know how to pack that kind of level and my kids were packing we were putting away I mean the whole family had to jump in it was it was crazy but we were very blessed that we had 
an incredible year when so many businesses were struggling and I took it upon myself to try to help my retailers and come up with ways to do ship for them and get them to pivot to online. Not all of them did that, but some did. So it was, it was, you know, it was every day I went to work. It was nothing changed for me because I'm in a warehouse with just a couple of part-timers and my family. So we all work together and we had a great year. And then last year we had another great year because then all of the retail stores got to open up in 2021. So we've just been had two of the biggest years in the history of the company the last two years, which is incredible. Wow. Yeah, we're very lucky. It was a good, you know, everyone was at home wanting to, you know, wanting food. They were ordering ordering online. So it was good um, stuff. We were very blessed to have that happen. So So you just said you mentioned you guys are in, what is it, over 1800 stores nationwide? Yes. How did you, how did you get the word out to all these stores? Like what was your process of doing that? You know, what's so wonderful about that? Again, it goes back to my mom and dad. I give them credit for creating products that just word of mouth. When I took over the business 14 years ago, my mom and I, you know, I have to brag, they, they did this out of their basement. When I took over, they gave me a list of 6,000 stores they had sold. Now, during that time, no email, no social media, nothing. There was not what we have today. They had none of that. Yeah. So they just showed mother would just go to market. She'd go to market and show up and people would taste and try our products and love them and share it with friends. So they, it was incredible what they did. So of course, when I took over, you know, I still was, I'm not savvy with social media. The younger people are so much better at that. And so I do have email at my disposal and things like that. So I'm able to do some of that. But to be honest, it's word of mouth. I just show up at market. I go to Atlanta, Dallas, Vegas. I was doing Chicago markets because I'm a people person. I like to be face to face. And, um, you know, and at least before COVID, we were able to do that. So it was just going to markets and showing up and people would try our product and we would talk and get to know each other. And um, and then once we started doing business with stores, we pretty much have them for life. People buy and they're kind of customers for life. We kind of keep them, which is wonderful. They reorder. Yeah. yeah. I mean, m- my love is the raspberry jalapeno jam. I know that it's the most popular, but it's yes. the most popular for a reason. It's fantastic. Yeah, the, the raspberry, we jokingly call that crack on a cracker. It's just, oh. we haven't been able to make anything that, but not, it's all great, but that raspberry is just the number one seller. And what really started it all is the mulling spices. Not everyone, a lot of Southerners kind of know what mulling spices are. I don't mm-hmm. know, not everyone knows. It's getting a little more popular, but that was the first product she created. And uh, it was the first, and it's still probably our top seller overall. And it only sells four months, five months out of the entire year. But they just did. They created some amazing products, and they're part of people's family traditions. The mulling spice has always been a holiday item, which is why we've always been so seasoned. So yeah. we're just really lucky that people, you know, gather together during the holidays, and you know, they make mulling spices. They sip on that. You know, it's it's like Christmas in a cup. So we end up becoming part of people's family traditions and that's just the nature of what my mom created and it it just it's timeless you know that's yeah. i think why we're still here all these years later so you're very busy in 
raising the kids and running a business. What do you do on a daily basis? For me, I have non-negotiable things, right? So I wake up and I meditate, I read, I walk and exercise and, and stuff like that. And that kind of keeps me grounded and a good mindset. Do you have things that you do every day or you try to do to keep yourself kind of grounded move forward, wow. clear mind. I wish I did. I wish I was like you. And I'm trying to be more like you in that way. I really don't. What what really drives me is I have to, I love to travel. And so for me, if I have a couple of trips or more on the books, if I could travel once a month, I would. I love to travel. So as long as I can go to markets, which is really what I love the most, the day-to-day is not something I love. It's a mm-hmm. warehouse. It's dark. It's just, it's not something I, I, I used to work in corporate America. So I love people. So it's the environment of the warehouse. It's not my favorite part. It's not the part I love, but you know, you've got to do what you have to do. So it's yep. part of running the business and that is the day-to-day. So I am very involved in the day-to-day. So I'm, I need to do those things. I'm working on that. You know, that's COVID. I still went to work every day and I had to crank up even more. And that's probably the challenge of owning a business and running a business that is, I don't have a team of people that's as solid as I would like because it is seasonal, but I have to wear every hat. So I'm pretty much working every single day. And um, again, this time of year, it slows down a little where I can do things, but I'm working on rebranding, looking at, you know, fulfillment centers, doing things will be proactive in making the business you know, work and work and more smooth in the fall because the fourth quarter is so challenging. So yeah. right now is just a time to be more proactive, which I never get to be. I'm very reactive every day because everyone comes to me every day. Monica, Monica, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of questions. A lot. It's just I have to literally do it all. And these business people listening, they're going to be like, "But you can outsource and you can do this and that." And you know, it's easy to say that, but this business is so seasonal. And so hands-on and so many layers that it's you got to get to a certain level and get grow to a certain level to get there. And we're mm-hmm. just, I'm just debating, do I even want that? Do I want to pull back a little like my mom and dad did and keep it smaller, keep it where I can manage it well and not have other people coming and tell me what I have to do or need to do. So I'm in that place where I need to figure that out. I do need to, I'm, you know, my last child's gonna graduate, and this is my time to say. How long do I want to do this? How long can I do this? So I'm a, a little bit of a workaholic, I guess, and it just never turns off for me. So yeah, um, and there, it, and that's kind of what's really nice to be in your position is you can actually build it to be as crazy or as calm, you know, not calm, yes, but yes, as right. as big or as small as you want it to be, and hold it there because, like you said, you like to travel your, your husband's working, kids are almost gone. You know, it's a good place to be. It is. It is. It's just with my brain, it doesn't turn off. So if it would be nice to say, let's just pull it back, but I don't ever do anything halfway. I want to, I just want to go at it and and just make it great. And and you get a little bit, you're looking at what other brands are doing and then you're thinking, Oh, I should be doing that. And yeah, it's challenging. And, And when you're in 1800 stores, unlike 
people who are in the service industry, because I have a ton of friends, people I know that own their own businesses, but they are their own, they are their business. They are their own, they're a life coach. They're whatever it is they're selling, it's they can control it because they can just say no. I have 1,800 stores that I can't turn off. This is their livelihood. So I take it very personal because we had a store as well when growing up in Birmingham. My mother also had a retail store called Raven's Nest. She had the wholesale. And although I said I wasn't involved in the business, you know, day to day, for 30 years, I've done two or three retail shows for 30 years every single year, one of them being in Nashville, Tennessee. And that was always my play money. I would buy product from my parents wholesale and go and sell at retail these Christmas shows. So that was my play money while I stayed at home with the kids. So I did work, but it was three or four solid weeks out of the year that I just would go do these shows and sell a ton of product. But that allows me to sell it wholesale and just easily sell it to my stores because I know how well it sells. So, yeah. you know, I've got a different perspective than most people because I've sold it. I know how well it's going to do for them. And so I'm not just selling them a product to make money. I know it's going to be a great seller for them. And that's where I take that ownership with the stores. They're, you know, they're, they're family businesses. And mm -hmm. like myself, I, I, I've formed relationship with these stores. So you can turn it off, but you can't because these stores right. are dependent on the products. And it's, um, you know, during COVID, a lot of people went into the store specifically looking for certain products that we had. And, you know, it's, it's, they are successful. I'm there. successful. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a relationship there. So I wish I could just say, yes, turn it off. It just, you can't. So it's, it's always going to be at some level. Um, always moving and going and running itself, you know, uh, it's just how much of it is going to run me. I've got to get kind of step back a little bit more. So I'm working on yeah. that. Yeah. I'm a working process. You got to take process. care of this. You got to take care of it. Yes. Take care of it. Yes. Um, so travel. I love travel too. Oh, My wife and I love travel. Where, where are your favorite places to go? I love the beach. My mother, she grew up in Miami. And so the beach for me is just I know you, I've heard that you love the mountains mm -hmm. and it's funny because my husband is a mountain person too. And we go over to the North Georgia mountains a lot. And as a matter of fact, he goes there every minute he can because he loves mountains and it's, it's a little isolating for me and I love to go, but if I want, I love the beach. I just, it, it just fills my soul. I just, I get rejuvenated when I go to the beach and just kind of decompress and, um, and you can't really do anything on the beach, You're, you know, but look at the ocean and just breathe it all in and enjoy the sunshine. But if I go to the mountains, I can still get on my phone. I can still try to work with the beach. It's kind of hard to even see yeah. your screen on the beach because it's too sunny. So it kind of forces me to disconnect. So, uh, but I do, I love to travel. I just, I love to meet people. And for yeah. me, that's, that's a lot of fun. So the market side of running the business is a part I love the most. And travel um, around to go. Yeah, there. And, and and I do make time. You know, the one thing my parents didn't do, they ran that business and that's all they did. They weren't really involved in our lives as much as, you know, looking back. But with me, with my kids, I really do find that balance. I've I've probably been to 90% of all their games and, and, and hit every softball, baseball, whatever they were doing. I've tried to be a part of that and balance it. But it's it's been it's been challenging to make it all work. But you know, you just you do what you have to do and you just have to find the balance. And 
unfortunately, my balance is a little off kilter. I need to do more of what you're saying, the meditation, the exercising. I, I was doing that before COVID. COVID has kind of thrown me, you know, kind of everyone has spun out of control a little bit during the last two years. So we're all trying to get back to that. Yeah, it knocked people out of their routine. It and sure did. It did. This year, um, I finally made that commitment. I, and I had always worked out. Um, that was just a given, but everything else, I finally decided, like, I'm taking my time back. Like I'm, wow. I've, I've got to get grounded again. And, um, it's so far so good. It's been a good routine, kind of quiet your brain for a little bit. That's what I need to get back into. I have a funny story. I, when I was at market in January, I've got friends that are all addicted to Peloton. So they're all like, Peloton's amazing. And it's, we're just addicted to it. We love it. And so I just, spontaneity I just I just bought one I bought it on my phone I literally got on my phone and bought one and it was delivered on Valentine's Day never have I ever taken a cycle class okay let me just clarify that so I buy a Peloton never have I taken a cycle class now do I like to ride bikes yes two very different things though yep. so they deliver it on Valentine's Day and the guy goes you see you have your shoes I said what are you talking about what do you mean I need shoes and he said yeah you need shoes and I said what? I can't just get on this thing without shoes. So that's how little I know about a Peloton, but I'm so determined to just start doing something again because the world was shut down. I couldn't get to the Y and do bar classes that I love. Mm -hmm. and, um, so I'm trying. I've, I've been on it 10 times in the last, which is better than nothing. I've decided it's better than sitting on the sofa. So yeah. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm, I'm off the sofa. I'm trying to do something. So keep moving. One step moving, forward. That's what I tell I, people one percent better every day. I had a guest on the podcast, and he he threw that out there, and he's like, and you just think about it. It's just that one percent better every single day, every single day. Three hundred days later, you're three hundred percent better. Just one little step. So, I took that from him, and I use it myself and um, with my kids. I even have yeah. a little bracelet, one percent better every day. And it's easy. Now it's attainable. Now you broke right. it down and people can use that with anything in their life. Anything. Absolutely. Just, you don't have to go out full bore and change your life in three days. Little by little. No, you don't. You literally, like little. you said, baby steps, 1%. I did not know what I was doing when I took over the business. I did not have a business plan. I had none of the things that every business minded person right now that's starting a business is doing. I literally just said, I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to go into work. I, I call it failing forward. I just, I'm, I'm going to fail. I fail all the time. I'm not good at everything. I've learned that I have to know what I'm good at and, and what I'm bad at. And, and I, and I acknowledge those. I'm not so prideful that I can't say I'm not a good manager. I'm a people person. I don't want to manage people, but when you run a business, you have to. Mm -hmm. And um, that's an area I, I need to work on. I can run my business by myself all day long, but do I need to be doing that? No. So I've got to learn, you know, what I'm good at, what I'm not. But it's, I just call it failing forward. I'm not great at everything, but I'm, I'm going to learn. And you learn from your mistakes. You just get up and, and go just do it. figure it out. You just go do it or find someone who can help you do it. And yeah, and, that's awesome. And show you how. So, yeah. so any advice that you would give yourself, your, 10 years ago, self, as of today, would you say, Hey, oh do this? you know, I, I definitely look back and I, I wish I had really gone out and found 
you know, just a really good solid team and just figured out a way to, to just make a solid, like take the business a little more quickly to the next level where I could employ people full time or at least solid part time because that's been really hard. And then the other thing is branding. I remember the very beginning, I wanted to rebrand, which that's a whole nother story. You know, having a business that's been around so long, making changes to my mother's company was very challenging and still is. And um, I remember not wanting to spend money on certain things. And I've spent 10 times that now. Had I just done it up front and um, brought in someone to help with branding initially, you know, sometimes you think you can do it all. And I'm learning, I can't do it all. I've got to go find someone else that can and bring them in to help me. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely reach out for help. I'm, I think I can do it all and I just can't. But yeah. one day at a time, like you said, the 1%, get up and just do a little bit each day. A little bit each I day. I love that. Well, it was a pleasure sitting here and talking to you. Yeah, nice Great story. Yeah, yeah. So good luck with everything and um, have a good rest of your day. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grit with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. And be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care.